Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 84, the podcast for marketing managers or sales professionals who are using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you Craig? Look really good and so excited that Nopong have released a new version of their product. I know, bicarb free. Bicarb free. And if you, dear listener, have no idea what we're talking about, then that's actually totally fine. But uh, we talked about this product with no relation to us by no interest. You know, we have no interest in this product other than we like it. We use it. We use it. <laughs> um, but check out our last two episodes where we talk about that and some creative ideas. But yeah. All right. And in this episode, we're going to talk a bit about workflows and about um, some reporting and some interesting things we found out. So let's start with our inbound thought of the week, Craig. And this is carrying on from our landing page optimization. And today we're going to pick out headline optimization. Each week we've actually been pulling out one little nugget from this blog post that she wrote. It's fantastic. And she goes, it's all about landing page optimization. And we've gone through kind of getting in the mindset of your audience and things like that. Today we're just going to talk about headline optimization. And the key thing that she pulls out, and here's what I really like about these kind of posts. When you read it, you go, oh, that's obvious. I love it when I read stuff like that because it wasn't obvious before I read it. But then after you read it, it's such good advice. So, you know, it's good. She's basically saying, does the headline address the current state of awareness of your prospect? Now, that's fantastic. When you think about it, like whenever we write headlines, do you actually think about that? Yeah, this is exactly right. Again, you say, yeah, well, of course, but you don't. You don't get into their head. And she gives an example. What's the example, Craig? Yeah, so she says, look, if if the customer is unaware of the problem, but you're kind of talking about what the solution is, then you've already got that disjoint, right? Mm. So her example is the number one SaaS communication platform, right? If that's the headline, but you actually don't know that you've got a problem and you need that then the headline's not going to bring in. So she talks through some of these things. And also uh, the second thing she talks about is does the headline clearly state the promise to the prospect? So maybe you're in their mindset and their state of awareness, but are you actually giving them a promise about how it then solves what you're now aware of? And number three is the headline about the customer. So remember customers don't buy into features, pricing or products. They actually buy into better versions of themselves. Once your prospects understand why, they will read on to figure out the what. Yeah. I think that's really eye-opening when you actually think back about it. And you know what? My challenge to people, go to HubSpot or whatever tool you use, look at your top landing pages and go and apply these three things and try and figure out whether you can make it better or or better still, create an A-B test of that landing page and just apply it to the B version this strategy and see whether you can get a better result. Yeah, I totally agree. And just in case you're listening to this and think, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. No, here's the good thing. We're talking about a headline. Exactly. Don't You don't have to rewrite your entire page. Just start with the headline. Use these tips. Let us know how you go. And now, Craig, on to our shot two of the week, which is our HubSpot marketing feature. And we're going to talk about HubSpot workflows. Now, this is really important because workflows are very powerful and can be used in many different ways. And we're going to talk about this over some consecutive weeks about how we can build this out. But today we're going to start with the workflow in its simplest form. And the most simplest workflow that you can actually have is when someone fills out a contact form and then you send a thank you email and then you might send an internal notification 
to people within the sales team or marketing team that someone has filled out the form and done something, right? Yeah, that's right. That's about as simple as it gets. There's a couple of types of workflows. There's a standard workflow, there's date-based, and there's other custom field-based. We're just talking about a standard workflow, and that's, as you said, it's as simple as you can get, send a thank you and send a notification. But the reason we're mentioning this is because we've actually found, and HubSpot have actually given us this feedback as well, Many customers of HubSpot actually don't know how to use workflows at all. It's kind of one of those super powerful tools in the HubSpot suite, and yet it's not used as much as it could be. Yes. So I think the key here is if you don't understand it, go and do some training, have a look, get some help, you know, do a really simple workflow like we've talked about and see what you can do. Because as you play with the tool, you'll actually work out how powerful, and you'll see what options there are. So I encourage you to go and do that. Yep, get that in place, and then next week uh, come back and listen because we're going to go through some really uh, what I I think are super powerful uh, ways to use workflows. For example, we're going to look at workflows calling other workflows, what I call sub-workflows, and I'll give you a bunch of tips and tricks around those because they save you a ton of time. They protect you from errors, for example, accidentally sending the same email out twice, all those kinds of things. So get your head around workflows and then come back in future episodes and we'll we'll dig deeper. Now, one last caveat on this. It's not available on BASIC. You need to have a professional enterprise version of HubSpot. And it's not available on free either. All right, on to our marketing tip of the week, Craig. Now, this is to do with reporting. Now, we're going to talk about Databox And if you go to databox.com, you'll actually be able to see what it's all about. But really, it's a dashboard that presents information to different people within different teams. Yeah, that's right. They have a free version. So you can get started on this quickly. And we've started setting this up for a bunch of our customers, actually. That's right. And we've actually done this using marketing free and databox free. It is, yeah. to, To actually create this. So really, if you are looking for a solution to get information in front of people who really don't understand the value of using HubSpot or understand why they would want to use it, this is a great way to start. Yeah, and now I'll I'll just explain a little bit about Databox. It's a dashboard product, but their actual differentiation, which they talk about, is that it's a mobile-first dashboard. Yeah. What's funny is I never use the mobile side of it. I actually use their data wall side. So interesting targeting that I don't use it, what their main differentiation is. However, I do mention it because if you just want to pull in a HubSpot dashboard, you know, this could be traffic, leads, contacts that have come in, general stats into a mobile app, this is a solution for you. However, what I love about it is their data walls feature because, and this is what we're doing with customers, we set it up for them. Our customers don't actually go into Databox or anything like that. But the data wall, you can just pull in some details. We've got a screenshot. This is real data from one of our customers. It's a data wall, and we just send them a link to this. This is a a link that anyone, and they can share it around in the business. They don't have to log in or anything, and they can instantly get a snapshot of what's happening on the site in terms of traffic and the leads that are being generated. So I think it's a really valuable tool. As you said, we've got a free level. So even with HubSpot Marketing Free and the free level of Databox, you can actually get some enormous value. Absolutely. So I'll just tell you some of the things that it can actually connect to. It can connect to HubSpot. It can connect to Google Analytics. It can connect to Google AdWords. It can connect to Stripe. It can connect to Zendesk. It can connect to Salesforce, Zapier, Mixpanel, 
and a few others. But the real key is that what we've found when we've tested this out, the really basic things that we would connect this with when we're starting is generally HubSpot, might be Google AdWords if you're doing something. We also connected to Facebook because we're running some Facebook ads. So getting in those three different um, data sources has really helped just bring things to the surface. So I encourage you to go have a look and try it out and see whether you can actually pull information gives you good business insights because really what the key thing is business analytics for everyone. So they say it's all about accessing the right information that people need at the right time anywhere. That's the key. Yes. And uh, and by the way, just a quick shout out to uh, Pete Caputo, who's uh, the CEO of Databox. He used to be the head of the whole partner uh, program. I think he came up with the partner program. program, He did. I I think, yeah, absolutely right. So hi, Pete. Love your work. All right. On to our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. Now, this is a new dashboard report that's available in the system. Now, I'm not going to go into exactly what it is. Like, so there's one context created by day. You know what's funny about this is that we seem to have seen these new dashboards in marketing free for a little while. This is right. Like, I love it when I see the little orange, you know, notification, ding, new feature. Oh, all right, I'll check that out. Oh, there's five new um, reporting widgets that you can pull. Oh, let's check. Hang on. Hang on. We've seen that widget before. We've seen this for weeks now. What's going on? So you were saying before, I wonder if HubSpot tests these things in the marketing-free audience and then they roll it out to the the paid plans as well. Get it right for marketing-free. The guinea pigs maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, anyway, it's they are actually they're useful. They're valuable. valuable. We're, just, we're, not, we're, not, <laughs> we're not saying they're not valuable. They're really valuable. But whether they're new or not, not so sure. Yeah. So anyway, we encourage you to go have a look. It's, it, might have, it might have actually by default been added to your portal on the dashboard. So just have a look when you're having a look at all of that. All right, Craig, on to our opinion of the week. And we're talking about challenging assumptions. This was a good reminder to me. Now, I'm going to give you an example of challenging assumptions. Yes. And the takeaway from this is not to do this, but to be mindful of how you whether you actually thought that. Now, Search Engine Land highlighted uh, a a test they did with Google Display Network advertising. So this is out on Google's Display Network. And when you're, when you're actually setting up campaigns in Google, you actually have the option to uh, include or exclude certain types of sites or like categories park, of sites. Like park domains. One of them is park domains, yep. right? Now, conventional wisdom, which I've never challenged, is that you always exclude that. You know, do I want our ads appearing on uh, things that relate to violence or gambling sites or yep. anything like No, I don't exclude that. Park domains exclude that, of course, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what they did is a test is they said, oh, we'll test actually just putting ads on park domains mm. to see what we get. And they found they actually got a really high click rate. Right? Yep. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder, is it just bots or maybe someone's got those park domains and are monetizing them with click fraud and things like that? No, they're actually legitimate visits. So then they theorized, ah, I wonder if people are actually typing in brand searches and they're mistyping them, like a typo in the domain. And, of course, they're ending up on a park domain that is similar to that brand that they're after. And then, because the ad is there, it drives them back to the actual real site. So interesting experiment, and they found that. And so I'm actually going to go and test that. Yeah. But the takeaway from not this is not, oh, go and run ads on park domains. The takeaway from this is, if your assumption was never use park domains, 
challenge those assumptions. And as marketers, this is, this is really what I love about marketing because you can test and measure so many of the things. If you've got an idea or you an assumption, you can actually challenge it and test it and actually measure to get with the data. So there we go, opinion of the week. Always be challenging your assumptions because you can actually measure them. Yes. All right, on to shot six, which is our creative top ten, which is the creative business idea of the week, Craig. So this is something we were talking about last week. And I had this little idea about uh, people sharing their workshop spaces. So people that have, like mechanics that have, a workshop that's not utilised on a Saturday, Sunday, you know, give that space out to people who are car enthusiasts to actually work on their cars, maybe have an apprentice around so they can help them because people don't know everything. I guess it's a bit like an Airbnb for your workshop really. And so what we're looking for is how will we test this idea to make sure that it actually works or it has some legs to it? Yes, that's our creative top 10. But you know what? I love this this concept of coming up with a new business idea each week because that actually in itself, in fact, we should try and come up with 10 business ide- new business ideas every week just to flex that creative that's muscle. Right. So this week it's sharemyworkshop.com. Sharemyworkshop.com, there you go. All right, so, so how will we test this idea? Um, so we would actually test this idea by doing a Google search by actually figuring out whether people are actually searching for it and are they actually discussing it online. Or does it already exist? Exactly. You know, half the time you come up with, yeah, have got this fantastic idea. It's, someone's it's doing amazing. it. amazing. Oh, someone's doing it already. So, yeah, that's the first thing to always do. Because a lot of people don't. They dive into it and they're so exactly. far along the track and they go, oh, actually, it already exists. Uh, number two would be build a simple landing page on sharemyworkshop.com and explain what the idea is and grab a quick survey form so you can understand who the people are. Yeah, and I think this is right. And then number three is drive traffic to that site via an existing audience you have access to. And I think this is the the power of cross-promotion. I think often when we come up with new ideas, if they're worth pursuing, it's because they're a combination of something that we're maybe doing in across two areas. You've chatted about this before and combining them. Yep. So quite often when you've got a new idea that is testable, it's because you can actually leverage response yes. from an existing audience that you have Absolutely. access to. So definitely do that. Uh, number four would be drive traffic from relevant forums and groups. There's lots of um, forums out there where car buffs hang out and that would be one way to leverage that. Yeah, and following on from that, purchasing banner ads on auto sites. So they might not be interactive things in forums, but they might be informational, auto mags, that kind totally. of stuff. Search on Facebook groups to see what people are talking about and where these people are hanging out and then maybe flip the idea to them. Yeah, spend some money on the Google Display Network via targeted placements uh, to drive people to the survey site. Only little caveat there is you've got to actually ensure that your landing page isn't thin content, so make sure it actually is has some content and, and the survey is part of it. And that applies to Facebook too. Yes. Uh, number eight, use Facebook ads to test driving traffic to the landing page. This is another good one. Yeah. Then number nine, old school. Hand out flyers at an automotive event. That's right. And I thought this was interesting because... And while you're handing out flyers, make sure you've got a branded shirt so people know who you are. Yeah, that's right. That's the idea because the number of uh, times you, you get so much junk mail in your normal, you know, like snail mail letterbox, but occasionally if there's a new idea, yep. that'll actually cut through and it's a simple flyer. This could be, you know, something share your garage or whatever it is, you actually pull that out because it's it's different. So I think the flyer is a good 
an appropriate use in this case. Yeah, and then number ten is test by sharing a single uh, sharing a single workshop via Gumtree or Craigslist ad to gather feedback. So you could test this idea quite simply if you know somebody with a garage or a workshop, and you can actually try and lease that space for the day or the weekend. That's actually the ultimate test, isn't it? That's can right. you can you sell it? Yeah. And the question is, do people want it? All right, looking forward to business ideas for next episode too. That's right. On to our tool of the week, Craig. Now, we're going to very cheekily, it's Databox, because I actually think that we you should actually go and try it out. So our tool of the week will be Databox. So go, go try it out. All right, now we've got many resources from Search Engine Land. Schema.org. Yes. This is for the geeks, right? That's Bit of a right. techie one. This is all around adding schema uh, markup to your site. Yes, for for search engines. For search engines. Yes. Uh, if you know what that's all about, then this is a great tip because you can actually add it via Google Tag Manager. If you don't know what schema markup is, don't worry, just ignore this section. <laughs> this isn't for you. Hand this off to one of your, your techies. All right. And to end, Craig, our quote of the week, and this is from Colin Powell, there are no secrets to success it is the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. Good quote. Well, everyone, we'll come to the end of the episode. We'd love you to leave us some feedback on iTunes, leave us a review, join our WhatsApp group, join the Facebook group, be a part of the community, ask questions. If you need help with certain things, let us know. We'd be happy to help you out. And if you ever need help with anything HubSpot, we're always here to help you guys. So, Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.